Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hello, Phil, and welcome to People of Purpose. I think it's your first time on a recorded People of Purpose episode, which is unbelievable to me because I feel like I'm on the on a video call or meeting with you on a pretty regular basis here, um, especially recently, but even all the way back to last summer, we tried to do a podcast interview and it just turned into kind of a practice session of sorts. We got to experience a really amazing time in Thailand on an island here doing ayahuasca, a ceremony. You have since done several more ceremonies. I think you're now at 10 ceremonies in the past 30 days. I did two ceremonies back to back, I think on January 18th and 19th. And we're having this podcast episode to be able to kind of talk about our insights and our takeaways from the experience. It's such a powerful medicine a powerful like healing remedy. It really taps you into these deeper layers of who we are, what we're actually connected to beyond ourselves. And uh, I'm really excited for the chance to reflect on those beautiful moments that I experienced those back-to-back nights with you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for holding the space and for being able to have this conversation. You happen to still be on the island, which is incredible. A big part of ayahuasca is what they call integration. It's the period after you've had your ceremonies so that you can allow for the learnings, the insights, the self-knowledge and so forth to kind of come into your daily life afterwards. I just really respect the way that you respected your own integration process. You're now three weeks beyond when we did our ceremony and you're still in the same space in the same like intention of of integrating i mean for me my integration experience has been a little different i kind of came i tried to be as intentional as i could but i also recognized that i'm running a real estate company and a people of purpose podcast and i have a wife and so for me my integration experience was much quicker i had maybe one day or two i think three days on the island and then one day kind of here back in chiang mai and then it started to pick up with normal life and for me a lot of what i'm going to talk about today is how i infused my ayahuasca takeaways into my normal life. But I also like really grateful for the chance to step back into the memory of what it was like to be in ceremony and just right after it, because it was such a pure feeling that I have never really fully tapped into the way that I could on ayahuasca. It's going to be really exciting to talk to you about all these topics today. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, so like still here in this like uh, island location, like undisclosed island location. It's been, yeah, I, for me, this entire experience has been like uh, a bit of a rebirthing process. Um, I, I feel like many times, um, I know in my life, in, in most of our lives, if there's, there are periods of times where it's like a new chapter begins or the story changes. And when I graduated college, I felt like it was the very beginning of the beginning of my life. You know, it's like, okay, this is an opportunity to go and I completely change what I've been doing. I felt the same way when I first started online business. And I feel the same way now that this is just like it's a rebirthing with new information and new i guess just new insights that i can work with to, to rebuild in the most effective way you want to introduce yourself a little bit it's hard to introduce you for, for myself like i i guess i would say that you're a good friend you're someone that i share a lot of overlaps and identity with we have both met in like 
in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is obviously neither of our home countries or hometowns. We've been neighbors at one point. We're both digital entrepreneurs. We are coming into different forms of partnership in the near future. And we do Frisbee together. Now we've done ayahuasca ceremonies together. We share a lot of similar influences for podcasts we listen to, books we read, and so forth. How would you like to introduce yourself? I mean, I think the quickest way is I am backpacker turned digital entrepreneur. I traveled around for about a year and a half after college. I was running out of money. I learned how to work online. Eventually, let me to do e-commerce stores where I was selling all sorts of different products. Me and my team, we sold over seven figures in products for a few years in a row. And more recently, I've realized that what I was working on was not very fulfilling for me. And this is a part of kind of the journey and evolution I'm going through right now, which is really aligned with my purpose and vision for what I want to create in the world and taking a step back before I begin to actually actualize that and create that. I think that's a great segue into kind of like the lessons that we both kind of learned from, from these experiences. It's still quite fresh for me. and It's very exciting for me just to kind of allow for this evolution of, of character to kind of grow. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and just before we stepped into the ceremony, we were together staying in the same guest house and we were going over what our intentions may be and kind of where we're at in our life. And it was just really rewarding to get to hear about how your journey has unfolded in this very unique way to you find yourself here on this island doing ayahuasca. Mm. Same with me. I have my own unique journey, but we've met in the same place and we're heading into the same space for this unknown transformational experience that's about to take place. There's so much, I don't know, hype's not the right word, but like a lot of intense expectations that are placed upon stepping into a ceremony. It's going to transform you in one way or another. When we were setting those intentions, it was really interesting to hear you talk about how you felt like you were lacking purpose in what you were doing for for your money. Yeah, I guess we could just start there. It's like, how did you gain some clarity around your sense of purpose in general sure. as, you, as you stepped into ayahuasca? So, yes, yeah, so I think I would love to share a little bit of my own story with you, with your audience. So, um, yeah, so I was I was learning how to create online businesses, which led me to creating these stores where I was selling different types of products. I sold a bunch of a broom of a men's fashion store, a women's fashion store. None of them are really my passion, but it was a great area for learning. But it got to a certain point where it was just no longer fulfilling. And I was reaching, I think, anything that you do in life you're going to hit resistance. You're going to hit challenges. Um, Jim Carrey has a really quote about this, about how his dad was an accountant and he, he basically could have been a great artist, but he, he sacrificed his higher purpose to take the safe route. He eventually failed at that safe route. Jim Carrey is like, wow, you know, if you can fail at your what you bargained to do, why not just shoot for, for the top? And that's one of the biggest things that kind of carries with me is you're going to reach resistance no matter what you do in life. Things, you know, there's going to be challenges no matter what you do. So you might as well make it something worthwhile within that mission. And that's really been kind of the cornerstone of my new, of the next step of uh, on this journey is really figuring out what my purpose is and how I can take steps in the direction to actualize my purpose and not compromise that for, for flashy objects that might come up. No, that's awesome. I like how you say that. Just describe your experience. What happens during an ayahuasca ceremony that kind of awakens you to these sort of insights? How does a journey work? I mean, the, for me, the medicine is like, that's some deep wisdom, you know? It's not, it's a very, it's a very intelligent medicine that works deep within you as an individual. And every time that I've taken the medicine, it's been, it's been different. There's been a different a learning that's come from it, whether it's about, finding my own voice or healing family relationships or 
healing traumas that my families have within their lineage, or whether it's about how I maintain my own life, my friendships, my partnerships. Um, it's it, it touches on a different subject, and I feel like it always is something that's very relevant to exactly what you need at that point in time. You did 10 ceremonies in 30 days, which is absolutely incredible. And before we did ours, you had done some up north. And I think that was three ceremonies. Is that right? Yeah. How, how have the evolution of ceremonies worked for you? Just kind of at a surface level. What were the ceremonies about and who kind of led each one? How are they a little bit different? Obviously, there's different shaman. So there's different space holders and everyone holds the space a little bit different. One guy was much more about for me going into your shadow self, you know, to sit up straight the entire time. For me, that was a lot about the battle with the resistance, the understanding of my own ego and of my own resistance as it comes up. And resistance can be like you're sitting straight for a while and there's that voice in your head that's like, no, like I have a pain, I have a pain, sit down, sit down. And it, going deep into that kind of ground of like understanding my own resistance. And obviously the first three ceremonies was a lot about that. The other guy that I sat with was much more about allowing, is much more about finding, finding your own voice. And he allows for you to sing along with the songs and it's more interactive. And so for me, for that, it was much more about finding my own voice and, and voice as a leader, voice within song, expression of self, which I think is a really big one for a lot of people who have had their voices suppressed throughout their lives, whether it's by their parents when they're very young or the different types of things that occur within our childhood, within our life. So that's also very important, but also very different. Um, the last guy I sat with is a Peruvian shaman. And he's been working with the medicine since he was 12 years old. So he began working with medicine when he was 12. This is my first time working with a medicine person who is actually from the Amazon, from Peru, who has grown up with this medicine, whose ancestors have used this medicine for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And that one for me was very, very special. He, this just the understanding of the medicine and how he worked with it was really, it's magical. There, there's no other word to describe it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I did the, the second one with you, with Rich, who is, is or will be an upcoming podcast guest. I'm not sure where this falls in on the scheduler, but Rich, I think he excelled in allowing us to find freedom of how we wanted to go on our journey. If we needed to lay down or sit or get up and go outside for a little bit, all these were available to us. For me, that sort of freedom really allowed me to be guided and follow the journey that the medicine took me on. It wasn't like I didn't feel confined to stick to a certain thing. And so there were times where I would be laying on my side, curled up kind of like a baby. And I just feel like so vulnerable and weak, but also like grateful that I'm alive. And then there would be times I'm feeling like strong and powerful, wanting to roar. I was able to experience kind of the whole range. It's really interesting how this medicine exposes to you these more unconscious drives or these impulses that we have that we kind of are unexplained, but you can kind of sit and linger and, and feel the arising of these things as they're coming out and then the manifestation. Um, and there would be times I would make some like moaning sound and I'd be like, oh man, I just made a big moaning sound. And I'm actually in an environment where there's like 15 other people around me that I shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's just really cool to get to see what the bo how the body wants to speak and to allow it to. That self-expression felt to me the clearest I maybe have ever felt in my life. And my journaling definitely showed that afterwards, my conversations with you, the words were coming from a heart-centered place rather than like a head-centered place. So they were very unfiltered by logic and rationality and ego and things like this, which I found to be very purifying. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I'm curious what your big takeaways were with your, it's your first time working with the medicine. You're in a very 
transitional period of your life as well. You have a lot going on. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about how the medicine has, or if it has changed your life in different ways or how you carry yourself through your life. I kind of came in with the intention of seeing the medicine a bit as a rite of passage. Like I am becoming a man, an adult, someone that's responsible for so many areas of leadership right now. I run businesses. I'm a husband. I'm moving my wife from her home country to America, sponsoring her green card, like responsible for our finances when this happens. I feel like I need to elevate myself to a level where I'm kind of cultivating community and tribe when we move back to Kansas City, because I know how much potential there is in that sort of place. And I've, I've been so fortunate to be a student over here in Asia of all these sort of practices that really tap into you know, your grander potential. So my intention was to be able to take a week away from everything that was has been moving so fast and has comes with so much responsibility and weight and just come back into like fully knowing and loving myself and checking in with who exactly I am right now in January of 2020 as a 28-year-old man that is doing so many things, like transitioning all the foundational elements of my life are pretty much in transition right now. Work, finances, relationships, location, housing, everything is changing significantly. And so I just wanted to get very grounded in who I am. And so I think what I learned about myself from day one were about kind of how I can be an integrator, how I can integrate who I am now with who I want to be in the future um, and do so in a way that like unifies my family with my business, with my lifestyle, with my pursuit of purpose, all kind of together. My takeaway was that I'm going to rise into that kind of person and I don't need to overthink it. I don't need to like push myself to do it. It's just a natural, deep calling and impulse in me to figure out that process. In a way, it relieved a lot of future anxiety for me because when I'm in my head about this stuff or when I'm in conversation with people who, let's say, are concerned about me or like care for me significantly, like my mom comes to mind. These people can't see how three months later I'm going to be in the position that I'm kind of outlining. Like we're going to be living in America. We're, I'm going to be sponsoring a green card. I'm going to be making $4,000, $5,000 a month salary. People of purpose is going to be cash flowing. There's going to be like tribe and community that's forming around like, this book club that you and I are creating. I'm going to be launching a course on like podcast of purpose, which is an idea that I got from the ayahuasca experience, which I want to share about later. There's just so much going on. And so I realized that it's all like a part of my destiny and my heart and soul knows it. Whatever like stories that come into me or like ego that comes out or like projections of like past failures and how they could manifest now, like none of that really actually matters because deep inside me, I know I'm going to rise to be this kind of person that I'm called to be. And the reason that I know that I'm able to be in that position is because I do feel very tapped into my sense of purpose. I came into the ceremony not really scared of, of this process because I knew the medicine was going to show me things about myself that I needed to see, but I, I didn't actually feel like I was going to be surprised to see anything because I'm doing so many things to tap into my sense of purpose already. I would say my biggest takeaway is my heart and soul know the way, and I need to just allow them to move freely and stop putting concerns and specific expectations and 
numbers and so forth on those future things because my heart's going to move into that person I want to become, which is the essence behind all these number goals or date timelines or whatnot. The essence is I'm going to rise into this kind of person I want to be, and it's going to be living from my purpose. So I just feel really confident that I'm stepping into that. Yes, that's amazing. I, th- I think one of my bigger lessons from the medicine also is just really feeling that level of trust for whatever is going to come and that everything is going to come just how it's supposed to and just how it will. Uh, it's kind of along the lines of like you can't really avoid your own destiny that things will line up and just trusting in the future to bring me exactly what it is that I need exactly and trusting in my creations that are going to come to fruition become the level that I want them to be to help as many people as possible. It's really the trust and all of that, like the deep trust in life and the path and everything that's in front of us. And I think that's like a really, really big one that really beginning to to feel on, on, on a deep level. Yeah, no, and just to expand on that is like, there's an element to ayahuasca that feels like you're inside of a dream that you're very aware of. I would have these like little memories from my past, like flickers of memories come forward and then I could linger in them. And it's like, I'm sitting on a bus going through the Rift Mountains of Northern Morocco and I'm reading The Alchemist and I'm feeling what, you know, the same feeling I'm feeling right now in Ayahuasca. Like I have felt all of these feelings before. And it just is like, you felt it back then when you were 21 years old. You felt it when you were 14 and you were like winning your state baseball championship and everyone in your life was like really appreciative of of what you were doing. You felt it when you were like winning the school spelling bee and your hands are sweating and you're like trying to recall the, the, the like a word that you haven't seen for years. Like, I don't know, like all these little memories would come to me and, and all those memories would be attached to a feeling that was very synonymous with one another and in synonymous with what I was feeling in ayahuasca. And then it would kind of turn into like future visions that felt similar. It's like, I'm going to be speaking, I'm going to be leading, I'm going to be someone that can like people can lean on. Like I'm going to be a, an emotional rock for people. I'm going to like be a key figure in transforming people's lives from something that felt very passionless to something that feels very uplifting and fulfilling for them. And there's just like a confidence that, you know, I felt at different stages of my life and I was able to re-tap into it on ayahuasca. And I just love that confidence and my truth is going to unfold. Yeah, I think I think the medicine wants to, to heal each of us so that we can then help to heal the world. You know, it's like a healing to become the best versions of ourselves, which can be on like a very kind of deep level. But for me, it's also kind of like a, a, a magic that I felt when I was a child, like the magic. I, I feel like the world has magic to it that the Western mind has lost touch with. And I feel like if you go to the Amazon, you can see that a little bit more. Um, if you look at nature, if you can see nature in a certain from a certain perspective, like everything is quite it's quite magical, and the, the the Western mind has become so disconnected with that, they've failed to see the full story of what's going on on Earth. And I think that the message helped to reconnect me back to the actual magic that occurs on this planet, where I've kind of had glimpses of it, but I didn't feel really connected with it because the you know the Western mind's always like, no, it's like this, it's like this, like get a job, work do this, do this, do this. You know, we're so disconnected from, from, from natural creations and nature itself, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really grateful that we were able to tap into that magical realm. And I mean, just living here in Southeast Asia, I think you get to tap into it more too. Just the pace of life feels more flowy to me. 
that doesn't feel like I'm bound by these rigid structures and the speed that I have to maintain with time and, and expectations. I'm not an employee anymore also, which like is a huge change from you know, employee to entrepreneur is a very different change about how you go about your day and how you get to tap into your emotions at certain times or not. Yeah, so I think both of us are really blessed to be in that position. And I encourage anyone that is listening to this to be able to find some small ways that they can stay tapped into the magic around them. But yeah, nature has so much to teach us. And that was another big takeaway from my ayahuasca experience, which is all the ways in which we are part of nature and nature is within us. The laws of nature apply to us. It reminded I had so many spiritual lessons come back to me that I'd learned at different points. Like when I went on my Vipassana 10-day meditation two years before this, I learned so many things about like how nature is always changing. There's this concept like anicca, anicca, anicca is what the Goenka teacher always says. It's like the ever-changing nature of reality is the only thing that is constant. I felt that as well with ayahuasca. It was like no matter how attached I got to a certain pleasurable feeling or something, the medicine would eventually work its way to some place that it would expose a block I had or an insecurity I faced or a limitation or a small trauma that was a little unresolved. And then I would start to feel pukey <laughs> and I'd start to like heave a little bit. I became very grateful for that too. Like just being the observer was a big takeaway as well. Observing my own nature at work and just recognize that we are not the masters of our own body, that there's much greater forces at work behind you know, how we're created. You can eliminate a lot of suffering if you just recognize that and you just watch that process take place and never get too worried that a bad thing is going to stay and never get too attached to a good thing. Those are definitely some more takeaways for me as well. Yeah, it's just really wonderful to get a tap back into that spiritual, like ancient wisdom, you know, being a creation. Uh, an interesting thing that's happened to me as I've taken more and more of the medicine is, um, so yeah, most people have heard about, ayahuasca have heard about the purging, right? That's usually a thing that can scare some people away or something else. When I first started doing it, I was just purging. And I had no idea. There was no attachment to what I was purging. It was just like, it would come up, I would feel nauseous, and I would purge. More recently, more recently, I know exactly what it is that I'm purging. Like I have like, maybe I'm purging some sort of childhood expectation of me to be in a certain way. Maybe I'm purging, like purging, being told that you can't sing, you can't sing, you're not a leader, you're not a leader, Think, things like this. And I know exactly what it is that I'm purging up and being cleansed of now because it's, it's very clear to me. So it's like, maybe I'm going through this experience where it's like finding my own song or finding my own voice and I realize that okay, I need to purge when I'm purged. It's like I'm being cleansed of the story that I've been told my entire life or I've told myself my entire life. And after I purge that story, it's like I can disconnect from that story so it's no longer the driving force in my life. Because at the core of everything that we believe is a story that we're telling ourselves. So maybe we tell ourselves that I'm not a musician. I don't sing, right? That's just a story. And if you just change that story, and next time someone asks you, say, yes, I am a musician. Yes, I sing, right? Then, then you're changing that story and that'll start to have an impact on your life as well. No, I'm not a leader. No, I'm not an entrepreneur. These are all just stories that we're telling ourselves. And those stories will continue to play out within our lives until we decide that we are no longer, we no longer want that story anymore. And now like any disempowering story that I feel like I've, I've carried, I want to be completely free of. Like, uh, no more disempowering stories. I'll take empowering stories, sure. <laughs> but like, but I think that's just like an unconscious story playing out. I, I don't need that baggage anymore.
That's beautiful. Yeah. I felt the same thing the, the day after our ceremony when we went to this kinesthesiologist that Rich recommended us. I shocked myself with how much I was crying and roaring and like just full of hatred and rage. Like I am not that kind of person typically. But during this appointment, it was like, I don't know, maybe five, six hours after we had just finished our second ceremony. The medicine is definitely still inside me. She is like just asking me little questions to see like she's feeling my body and asking me these little questions around like different elements of my life to see like where I tense up versus where like something feels loose and relaxed in me. And she noticed that I have several blocks related to my ex-girlfriend and how I still harbored a certain degree of hatred towards her, a certain like longing to like have a, a goodbye with her that's proper because she just kind of cut things off and left me. But there's like a certain part of me that I, I left with her and I've been too afraid to like go back to and reclaim. And it's been a lot of years of me healing from this. So much to the point that I made a move to Thailand by myself, primarily because I needed to fall back in love with myself and find out who I was again, because I lost so much of it in that relationship. And then I also like hate myself for how much I lost from that relationship, that I let somebody take so much from me. And so, yeah, I was like crying and like, she's like, let it out. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I could feel exactly in my body where it was blocked. It was like right in my like right side of my growing. And then as I went, as I went, I started getting real sweaty. And then I can start to feel my hip just like turn outward. And finally, it's got the mobility that it needed. And I felt like this quiver down there in my very low abdomen. And then it was like a rush of energy through my head. And it was like, she had me like imagine like that I was cutting the, the, the tie between us or the umbilical cord that connected us or whatever. And saying like, I've got to move on, reclaim my, myself. And, yeah, like this medicine allowed me to just, that was just so vivid to be to experience. And it was just, you know, a lot of people would just write that off as just something you're going through in your head as a psychotic person, but it had a real emotional resonance with me. Definitely changed me forever. Yeah, this medicine allows you to tap into a very powerful emotional realm. Yeah, it does some deep, deep healing as well. But that's a really, that's a really challenging one that, that you had because there was a disconnect there and there was no way Typically, if I have a, a rift with another person, I'll speak to that person, I'll understand their story, and then we can resolve it, you know? And then I get my healing, and they get their healing as well, and then it feels like this closure. When you have those situations where there's no closure, it's a really challenging one to to kind of heal from. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in different ways or methods that people can actually go about doing that, because it, it seems like such a, such, a, such a tricky kind of scenario. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this lady, like how out there she was, but it worked for me. Like, I'm pretty open to all these sort of different healing modalities. I don't really care if it's Eastern or Western or what spiritual tradition it comes from too much. Like, I know deep down a loved creation child of God and that I have my family and, and so forth. So I'm willing to go try different things. And this this lady, she would just have me call forth the spiritual energy of Anna, my ex-girlfriend. Who I haven't talked to since I was like 20, like 22. I'm 28 years old now. <laughs> and like I, I could vividly feel her energy come into the room. And then it's like, Anna, I'm upset with you for this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And I can't find the ability to forgive you. And I don't like that I can't. So I'm here today to just let you know how I feel and to forgive you because I need to move on. And I need to forgive you. 
And this is not the first time I've done this either. Like, I had a really strong mentor um, named Greg Scherer coming to my life when I was 23 years old. We did a ton of this work together too, where he would be on the phone helping guide me through this sort of very similar process. Uh, I would be falling myself to sleep. That was back before I moved to Thailand. I was crying myself to sleep on a pretty regular basis. I was super sad because I loved her and I thought we were going to spend our life together. And then I didn't know what, what life is about anymore without her. Maybe she'll listen to this episode one day, but it really, really hurt me the way she left me. And so, yeah, she just had me like call forth her energy and like speak to her. And like when I did that, I kind of recognized the way she's hurting as well. But I feel pretty clear that she didn't want it to end like that either. But she felt very weak and she has some traumas of her own. Her dad left her when she was 12 and she's never really trusted any guys since it felt like which is the stories of her past breakup. So I was allowed to like, by bringing her into the space, I realized for the first time how much I think she has been hurting for several years around this, you know, the way we departed. And so it was actually really refreshing to like kind of emote with her, her energy again. And then just say like, I got to go, I've got to move on. And, and then I imagine myself like getting in like, like the passenger seat of a car and my current wife, not wife is driving the car and we're like slowly driving away and, and I'm like waving goodbye as, as Anna becomes more and more of a distant figure. And then I'm like, she's the kinesthesiologist just having me raise my two fingers in the air and like cut the cord or the tie between us. And when that happened, I was just like, oh man, I got my full capacity to love back and I love not knowing, I love that we're doing life together and married and we're headed in such amazing directions. And I don't need to be burdened by Anna anymore. I don't understand exactly. I'm still obviously integrating from that. That was super, super powerful. This is a great segue into another big lesson that I kind of had for the medicine, which is any time that we are angry or upset or have bad energy towards somebody else, it's usually just a failure to see the entire story. Like that is very easy for you to have maybe anger with your with your ex about how she kind of ended that situation. But in reality, She's had her entire life and she's had all of her conditionings. She's had all of her own traumas and which has led her to act mm-hmm. in a certain way. She's also hurting as well in her own way. And any time that we're upset with somebody, it's just a really a failure to, to see the entire story. And I can think about it for when I've had like, for my business, I've had to call like the bank and talk to tellers and banks really can frustrate me. It's not the person on the phone's fall you know but like it's such a bureaucratic system and things just don't get solved especially with my like singaporean bank and stuff like that and i've had times i've been very frustrated and i realized you know like the story that's going on there's an entire life that's going on that's like behind the curtain that we can't see and anytime i'm frustrated with somebody it's really just because that failure to see the entire picture and i think that can be traced back to basically every single relationship that we have which has been really insightful for me you know and i catch myself whenever i do feel angry now like, okay, what is it? What's happening? And then we realized, like, okay, there's, there's a story here. It makes us more of a compassionate being, which, you know, goes back to, I guess, my Western intellectual training that I grew up with always draws me back to, oh, I've learned this before. This is like, you know, a core part of Christianity, a core part of Buddhism. Is let's have compassion for each other. Let's, let's get better at loving unconditionally. Because at our essence, we all are people worthy of receiving love. And we've just been corrupted by all this baggage that gets thrown on us from our ancestors and from our own just small ignorances around how we work. And our, sometimes we get too self-centered. Definitely like the way I was raised, 
I didn't know better. I was a kid with divorced parents having those parents had completely opposite opinions on what was best for me. And I had to think for myself. So I became a pretty self-centered person in many respects out of survival. And I'm learning how to deprogram that, especially as I'm getting married. <laughs> like you've got to get a lot better at syncing with another person. It's not about you, you know, as the most paramount thing in, in a lot of senses. So I don't know. There's just a lot that, that I recognize too on ayahuasca around around these pieces that we're all people from our own journey and our own past and our own hurts and hangups and lapses in education and so forth. And we don't need to like define somebody by that. We gotta see beneath the surface of all that. I mean ayahuasca shows you beneath the surface of yourself very clearly. And I think that the community element too, you get to tap into the feelings of those right next to you and around you. And then you get to hear their story in the morning sharing circle. I just think it's a really beautiful way to kind of transcend the, the isolation and the separateness we kind of feel towards one another at certain points of life. I felt a lot of love, a lot of love towards all the people in that space. And then the people that kind of came up in my memory as I was on ayahuasca. This like tracing of the lineage that you talked about definitely applied to me as well too. Like I could feel how you know, the people thousands of years ago that discovered this medicine in this vine in this very like remote, dangerous jungle have now brought it out and preserved it and, and created a culture around it, a ceremony that has healed deep, deep traumas um, in people. And now just the last 10, 15 years, it's starting to spread to the rest of the world, which comes with a lot of challenges and, and stuff as well. But I'm just like so grateful that like I'm connected to those people that were foraging in the rainforest thousands of years ago and preserved this medicine. And I feel a certain like brotherhood with you because we experienced this and those people in that space, just the way we like, we all kind of looked at each other to say our hellos and our goodbyes and the like the lingering of the hug that would take place with people. It's, it's a really special community that's formed from around ayahuasca that feels more real and right than the way we are in the real world right now. Like I felt coming back in, I felt more like proactive or like I'm a leader about showing people how to love more. Like I'm going to hold this hug a little bit longer. I'm going to sustain my eye contact more. I'm going to put more love behind my eyes and I'm not going to bring all my baggage and bullshit into our interaction because it's already going to be hard with the amount of baggage you bring into it. And so let's just like, let me just show you that I'm not living from my baggage and I'm going to invite you to not live from yours also. And that kind of feeling with people has been really, really uplifting, I think, for me and for them. Um, and it's a big part of like having really strong relationships. That you can kind of see beneath people's baggage and you can lead an interaction from beneath your own baggage. What a great way to create a family feeling. You know, like when you finish with one of these ceremonies with these people, it's like you, you are family afterwards. And I, I've, I've, I don't know any other quicker way to, to create like long lasting tribe. It reminds me of like the, you know, the other community that I think it reminds me the most of is church. I have had so many wonderful experiences with church in my life. It's another place that I, I think that this can be an entry point for a lot of people from the West and from Kansas in particular is like, there's a lot of Christian people out there. And just like, you know, any other thing, there's certain, certain degrees of Christianity you can embody and people can say that they're a Christian and show up to church sit in the back scroll on their phone and leave and check the box or you can like be super present in the space and like understand a story about how jesus is 
someone whose qualities we want to embody and like look at the surrender and sacrifice and unconditional nature of like the way he loves people and then you just see the people that are pouring into others lives like there's people that devote their entire sunday uh, or and also all other week to pouring into people's lives to bring them to god and to the, jesus the son of god and there's a really really warm feeling that takes place in these spaces sometimes this is the closest thing that it felt like to me in this like ayahuasca space is like, we're all tapping into that stuff again. We're tapping into who we truly are as much more than just Tanner or Phil in this moment. It's like we are the product of thousands of years, if not millions of years of creation with an intelligent force behind all of it that loves us and has placed us right here in this moment for our destiny and our purpose on this earth. And these are the people we get to commune, commune with right now. And together we can create a synergy that uplifts us all to being like, you know, who we want to become and who we're meant to become. And then we feel like we carry this responsibility in a, in a good sense to go and be that light in the world afterwards. I just absolutely love that feeling. Like that is a very, very addictive feeling to me to, to leave a space just so full of like bouncing my step and like shine in my eyes and like, beaming smile and like i just like feeling the air the wind in my fingers and like love the motorbike rides home with you i don't know i just feel extremely blessed at so many points of, of our week there um, with what we got to experience yeah man it's absolutely incredible and and i feel like another thing that's kind of steeped ever for me is this really seeing try, trying to see everything as a lesson you know like every single occurrence within your life you can like look at it as a reflection of your internal state and whether it's something as small as like being in some sort of frustrating situation if you begin to look at everything as a lesson about yourself and about the growth that you can go through to, to better that kind of stability and that centeredness of, of being so another thing that's really kind of seeped out that i've been experiencing a lot with my time on the island i'm just really looking at everything and saying like okay i feel not the best right now where is that coming from and where's that like really coming from and trying to understand that and also understanding my my impulses and my desires as well okay i'm feeling a strong desire for for this right now you know, where where is that coming from and i really just like looking just really, really like looking back at it and seeing consciously seeing all the desires and actions within within my own life and there's a lot <laughs> can you recall any certain desire that popped up or just make it more of a grounded example for somebody to listen to um yeah surely can so i was like uh, hanging out with with a buddy of mine who is also on the island and this is a friend and he's more in like the the party kind of scene of the island and i've been more like the hippy dippy kind of like spirituality sorry <laughs> type of crew but i was chilling with them you know and they're all like talking about the parties and everything else that they're doing for me i'm not really you know they're like maybe getting a little messed up going to parties like there's some good parties on the island where people like kind of like ravey kind of parties right and a part of me was like oh like i want to go home like this isn't really the people i want to be talking to and then i was like and i thought or i reflected i was like no i'm here right now i really have nothing else to do you know this minute i'm on the island integrating so then i started just to kind of like pick and pry and until i found the fire behind this individual. First, they're just talking about parties, and I realized like where the soul and the excitement lies within this own person and individual. So rather than being like, oh, like, I shouldn't be here because these people are just party people, it gave me an opportunity to look at this and say, okay, what can I learn from these people 
then you eventually have found the fire behind them. Everyone has a, some sort of fire, you know, everything has some sort of passion or excitement or thing that they're excited for. And, and so I was able to find that. And then the conversations became so alive and I began to learn about what it is that they're working on and what they are excited about. And that was, I don't know, for me, that was is one example of having negative feelings and then learning like, no, this is an opportunity to, to learn and to try something and being able to turn it, to alchemize it into something that was better. Yes, exactly. And this goes so in alignment with what I was saying earlier, is like see people beneath their baggage. It's like, like there is something inside everyone that lights them up and fuels their desire and like puts shine behind their eyes and like elevates their posture and like allows them to breathe more freely. And I just feel really tapped into that emotion in conversation ever since I've had ayahuasca. I just know that it's always it's there. And you're just like a couple questions or statements away or a certain like posture you take towards the conversation or a certain tone that you choose to, or the space you hold for them. You're not far away from tapping into that. I think that this is a really, really important part about just being a better human is like immersing yourself with, with, with cultures of difference, with personalities of difference and finding these universal things that we all share. Like, I think this is a lot of like the zone of purpose that I, I like to live in. So I like to go to the boundaries of what I can understand and stretch them a little bit more so that I can connect with all new kinds of people and I can you know, expose them to the kind of light that I understand. And they can show me the light that they understand. And it's going to make all of us more of a whole person and make us more connected. And I think that kind of mindset can solve a lot of divisions that exist in the world. And I think like anyone who's traveled understands this just to make it more tangible. It's like if you have lived in a different country, you recognize all the ways in which, you know, being an American uh, limits your understanding of humanity as a whole because you think humanity as a whole lives life how Americans do. When in fact you have all these like first world things that are that you are calling problems, and then all these like third world projections that you are calling your negative things. When in reality, a lot of the second and third world is very very happy with what they have, and you get to experience a different kind of happiness, a different brand of happiness, a different connectivity with individuals, a different like sacrifice that is embodied in a culture that it's different than your own a different level of communion with others um, that exists. Yeah, I guess I experienced that kind of concept at a very subtle, deep level with at a personality level as well. That was like one example. Another example was like cravings, like resistance types of cravings, whether it's for maybe for beautiful women or for sweet food or for like sugar and things like that. And those are like more on like the body level, right? Like that's the other one was more mental. That was more like, okay, why am I here? And the other one's more like on like a physical within the body kind of level. And there's still, it's like, okay, I'm really craving like some really sweet, some like chocolate, some, like some really like sweet, not really nice food, right? So, okay, this is, where is that coming from? And, and kind of be able to trace that back as well, or like women or any of the other kind of vices that, I oh yeah, women came up for me a lot too, man. And there was a beautiful woman in the space too that was like singing and playing the instruments and so forth. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't about her, but it was about like this divine woman that I felt in her presence is like, I don't know, something about her holding me as a masculine figure with her like extreme like femininity. She would be singing these really high pitches. She would be like, vibrating deep levels of my heart with her song the gracefulness she moved within i had this like side view of her that was like 
you can see the light on her face and see all the contours of her body. And it was just like, she is absolutely gorgeous to me in so many ways. And it wasn't like this, like sinful feeling, like I'm cheating on my wife right now with the way I'm looking at her. That's not what I'm trying to convey right now. It was more just like, a, I understand femininity at a, at a deep level right now. And I understand how important it is for me to experience pure femininity to elevate my masculinity and integrate me more as a well-rounded person because there's so many things to learn from femininity and the like gracefulness and the flowiness and the compassion and the power as well of a different sort than the masculine power was just yeah absolutely wonderful to get to experience and I felt it just in my body it's not an intellectual thing it's just like my body felt like moaning it felt like squeezing itself and massaging itself and like taking nurturing me like this is the feminine energy man it was wonderful my relationship with with love and accepting love and that's one that runs super super deep like to um, the beginning of life really probably about as deep as i run you know the roots run really deep and i've had it's funny i've had ayahuasca tell me multiple times give me visions of my future wives and it's not it's not and i don't think it's real like i'm not sure i'm not sure it was real. like the first time the first time i ever drank the space holder was a good friend of mine like the shaman was a good friend of mine and he gave me a vision that i was destined to marry his daughter i've never met his daughter before i don't even know what she looks like in my vision this beautiful girl in the world <laughs> and like later later i had to go and like kind of like yeah okay so what does his daughter look like <laughs> you know because i thought like that's the first my first experience with medicine and i thought it was real and i saw her and i was like i don't think that's gonna be my future wife you know and like but this happened and this happened again where it's like this vision it's like okay and then what i realized is that like sometimes you get these visions that aren't necessarily 100 true but it gives you what you need so this most recent time it gave me another vision of a future wife it really opened me up to to open my heart up to open myself up to another individual to really kind of see and experience what that level of commitment would look like and feel like i definitely think that like that level of commitment is something that's quite challenging for me i'm not ready for it yet but it opened me up to what that would look like and feel like to the point where i could accept it and heal through kind of other types of challenges and traumas that kind of came up. So that, that to me was like quite interesting. Like I felt like many of my, my traumas with relationships and, and love itself were healed or moved through in the span of one night. <laughs> That's incredible that you had visions of future lives. Uh, yeah, I, now, it's, now it's just like, I don't fully believe every vision that I have. Just like, okay, show me what you got, show me, and I'll see what I can do with it. <laughs> I would say that this is another big learning what you just said about don't fully believe what your vision is. I think that's very true. It's like Rich, so in the sharing circle after day one, I was like, you know, super stoked on my experience and I was just like beaming and I was so excited to share that I got my vision of me being like, you know, the amazing husband and being able to raise these wonderful kids and just lead communities of people that like all look to me as like an anchor or a rock to this like culture we've created around like, living out our potential and our purpose and it's just so exciting to me to get to experience this and then he's just like dude don't get too attached to you know your vision like we can't put expectation on these specific things we've seen they they're maybe just guiding you to your next step of action and then that opens up a whole new set of visions mm -hmm. and so forth so don't don't look too far into the future with these visions it's just take the next step according to what you felt from that vision and then 
open yourself up to receive, you know, new visions. And this is, this kind of goes along with another one of my biggest takeaways, I think is just that there actually are no decisions in life. That life is more just about following the breadcrumbs. It's like God or your creator or whatever you want to refer to this as is leading you forward to your destiny with these breadcrumbs that you're stopping by and picking up. And as long as you are staying like attuned to, you know, what is coming from the divine, what is pure and wonderful and, and magical, and you're going to see these breadcrumbs and that's how you move forward. And it's not about like the fastest path to a millionaire or the self-help 30-day challenge that's going to make me the best dad ever. It's not about these things necessarily. It's like there's little nuggets of wisdom in the, in going on a 30-day self-help journey that's going to lead you probably to being a better dad, but you're not going to need to, you know, you're not going to reach this certain like objective set of goals on day 30 necessarily. It's like you're going to probably make some reorientations, some new decisions, some new steps. You, you maybe need to linger someplace a little bit longer. Maybe you need to get thrown backwards a little bit to really appreciate where you've been placed. And it's just like, like being the observer of your journey and recognize like it's not just a straight line sometimes to your goal. It's a journey and it's meandering and weaving. And sometimes there appears to be a dead end and you got to like backtrack. Sometimes there's four options and you don't want to know which one to do, but maybe all of them will eventually keep, lead you to where you need to be. And you just need to keep waiting for that sign to come within you. I feel like I've already been living a lot of this recently. I've just said yes to life. Like life take me where it needs to take me. This is you know, how I said yes to getting married because of the immigration situation, making it very clear that it's time to step up and do that. This is how I said yes to starting a podcast. I had no rationality or even any real goal to it is like, it's time to start elevating the stories of people I've met and share the wisdom I've learned in an audio format. It's how I like, you know, moved to Thailand. It's like I was heavily concussed and, you know, listening to Tibetan bowls for seven hours a day on YouTube in the dark room. It was like visions of Thailand, visions of tropical place, visions of massage, visions of not worrying about money, visions of becoming a teacher and reading books that I've wanted to read and writing. This is like how I've guided my life. And it just really, really, really solidified that, yeah, decisions don't need to come from a super rational place lots of times. It's your heart has an intelligence to it um, that you should be tapping into at all points. And that's how you find the breadcrumbs. It's when you rely too much on your head that you're no longer like looking for what's what's next on the ground and you're like staring off into the distance and you get smacked by some falling tree or something. There's not really actual decisions that ever need to be made. There's like a big understanding I had from ayahuasca. What do you think about this topic? Did you have anything in relationship to that? I mean, one thing I've thought about for a long time is life is kind of like, it's kind of like going down the river, you know, you're on this little boat and you're going down the river and sometimes it'll like, there'll be a rock and try to get around the rock and then there'll be like a split and you have to just decide which way to go. And I feel like your level of evolution or your, your quickness, your speed of evolution is mostly based off of your willingness to go through fear when fear presents itself in different ways. And the quicker that we can go through fear, because I feel like, okay, there are options that happen. Sometimes, okay, I'm not ready to go into this deep, place of of fear um, and then you'll take the right way and then eventually you'll circle back around and you'll be presented the same fear again when you're ready to go through it then say like, okay on to the next thing and i feel like so in a sense yes i think everything's going to come to us but at the same time you can increase the speed of your own evolution and growth by being strong being fearless and fearlessness is and be brave you know and bravery is not the absence of fear it's persistence in the face of fear Right. And that, that's another big lesson that, that, that I've kind of had is like, be fearless and don't play small. Like we, 
never dream of small things. Like it's, it's not fun. It's not exciting. Dream as big as you can possibly big and be fearless and be fearless for not for yourself or for others. Cause you are also, you have much more impact than you realize on other people. And yeah, and be fearless for, for your family, for your wife, for your friends, for those who have been left behind in different ways. You know, like the fearlessness is not a selfish thing. Yeah, amen. Thank you for reminding me of that. I, I forget to communicate that to people just because I feel like I made that shift when I almost died at 19. So many shifts took place on that experience. But one of the biggest ones was I don't feel very intensity of fear ever anymore because I know what it's like to you know feel the feeling of I'm, I'm going to die right now. And then wow. to get a second chance at that is like, you know. What a gift. <laughs> it is a gift, man. Like what else? I don't know. What else could be worse than experiencing the tumble of like the sky and the ground and, and it's just moving so fast and you know you got another 50 feet of falling to go and then you smack and then the sound goes away and everything is white and it feels like this tunnel is like closing in on me and it's like I had a choice. Like are you going to want to – you want to live again or you want to you want to give up right now and go to sleep forever and so like ever since that experience i just know that there's nowhere lower than that to head and then also like with the brain injury thing having a couple of serious brain injuries i know what it's like to not be able to process information correctly not remember what i was just talking about to not have any endurance to you know be in conversation with somebody or read more than a page of a book to be super tongue tied when i'm trying to express something like these are the real things to be concerned about. It's like dying and like massive, you know, debilitating injuries that, you know, whether or not you're going to like make 50,000 this year or 500,000, or if you get to spend five weeks of vacation in Southeast Asia or three weeks, like these are not things to be putting too much of our anxiety towards. Like, let's just let life take care of itself. Let's let the decisions come to us as they come. And it's just a much more free, like, I feel like I gained a new level of freedom, a rejuvenation around that freedom of decisions. Like, these decisions are not necessarily mine. They're, a higher power is putting them in, in me. And as I listen to that more and refine more of, like, my own vision, I'm able to step ne to where I need to go next. And it doesn't have to make so much sense to me, or it doesn't have to be rationalized to someone else, like an ROI and so forth to it. It's like, if I invest myself this way, then I will have this reward by this date. This kind of mindset is like very Western. And I think we need to, to do a lot to like step away from that for at least a little bit and check back in with like how we make decisions. And ayahuasca just created a lot of like, I don't know, chillness around making decisions for me. You realize a lot of these things that, you know, it takes decades of meditation to do, or it takes like becoming a nun, or it takes, uh, I don't know what else to compare it to. Maybe like living in the woods and writing novels or something. Like, I'm just basically saying like, you reach a level of enlightenment about how life works in a very collapsed time frame with ayahuasca. It is very, very powerful. And I highly recommend people to experience this because you are just hours away from getting to realize deep things about yourself that will unlock major transformation that you couldn't have imagined, especially if you're not coming from a spiritual path of life. If you don't spend any time thinking about God or your purpose or your potential, and you're just kind of moving automatically through life the way that your culture raised you to move through it, ayahuasca can 
completely changed your life in so many positive ways. So I'm just a real advocate of it now at this point too. Yeah, man. I think the most cliche uh, thing that people say about it is 10 years of therapy in one night. And um, like going to a ceremony is like going through 10 years of therapy in one night. And I think that my, like my one word showing my future wife that I got to experience like all of my relationships throughout my entire life. That's one example. I, I've had many times where it's been like, it's felt like 10 years of therapy in one night on different subjects. And uh, just a kind of disclaimer, I guess, is I don't necessarily think the medicine is for everybody, but if you feel the call and if you feel like the curiosity and desire, then it's quite possible that's for you. If you don't, then it's also fine. You know, there's no right or wrong. It's just like some people have different um, mediums. People have different things that resonate with them. With that being said, there's also the scarcity of the vine to think about. For, for the vine, to the vine is um, one of the main ingredients of ayahuasca. There's, there's a vine and there's also the leaves. And the vine is like the key ingredient. It takes um, six to ten years to grow the vine. So right now, consumer culture and everything. Else, there's all sorts of shaman all over the world who get it shipped out to them, and just like everything else, uh, many other things, and on this earth, um, consumer culture is causing bird populations to dwindle. And so, this is another just thing, kind of to be to be sentient of, to be conscious of, is that the vine is becoming more scarce. There's a lot of we can do to to help that as well. And if people are interested in, in ceremony, they can they're more than welcome to reach out to me. I can send them uh, a few different. Um, trusted centers as well. Um, I consider when choosing a shaman is uh, maybe it's a little bit dramatic, but it's like choosing a brain surgeon or like, or I would say more like choosing a therapist. You know, it's really letting somebody like go deep into who you are, and you really need to kind of trust that they have pure intentions. And because it's, it goes into like deeply magical, energetic levels that those of us who've never experienced plant medicines before. You have, to, you have to really experience it to, to begin to understand the, the magic to start opening up. And you really want to have somebody trusted holding space. You don't want somebody who has impure intentions holding space for you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And also to echo that is like, you'll know when it's the right time to go into this. Like, I mean, I was educated on ayahuasca maybe four or five years ago was the first time I had heard about it. One of my first guests on the podcast, uh, Matt Simpson, I think he was like the second episode, you know, two and a half years ago. I met him in a coffee shop in Chicago and he was eavesdropping on my conversation with my friend all about like what I had just experienced living in Thailand for 15 months. And he's like, well, man, that's really cool. And you're starting a podcast. I want to be a guest on your podcast. And I'm like, how, what, how did you find your purpose? He's like, ayahuasca. <laughs> what? What is this thing? <laughs> this is like how I first heard about it. It was like three years ago. <laughs> I think that and he was always telling me, he's like, you don't need to rush into finding it. it. It will come to you at the right time and you'll know it's the right time and you'll know what your intention yeah. is at that time. I would say, also, just like I just said about decisions, it's like, don't put too much anxiety around this and don't force something that's going to really burden your relationships or make you have to like leave some fulfilling yeah. career or job or community. Like, it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be harmonious with who you are. For sure. And that's... Uh, so, so true. I've had periods where I really wanted to do it and it was quite, and I had an opportunity and it was quite obvious that I wasn't right because it just fell on dates that didn't work out. I would have had to kind of let down other people in order to do it. And I was like, okay, this is a test, you know, it's not my time. And I knew about it for probably, it was 10 years before I actually tried it for the first time. And yeah, and it just appears when it's ready to appear. It's really, it's the magic, man. It's the magic of it. Any final pieces of advice or wisdom you want to leave your audience with? 
I would say the hardest thing for me since coming back has been pushback from people that see this as like a crazy spiritual practice that stands in the face of like truth and is for witches and whatnot. Like, I don't understand this at all, but I've been experiencing some difficult conversations with people who have like, oh, I heard you did ayahuasca and I'm concerned for you and we need to talk because like this is something that you know, it could be very dangerous. You, you might be allowing evil spirits to enter you and this kind of thing. And it's been very frustrating to hear this kind of thing. It's re- really shown me the way that culture has imprisoned people so much from being you know, free thinkers and from living fearlessly. Like it's been ironic that the people that are the most concerned for me are people that consider themselves to be Christian. I also am a Christian, and I know that Jesus and God are with me everywhere I'm going. And so if I'm in ceremony and I'm being shown amazing things or, or even hard things about my life, I know who's, who's I am. I know that I'm not in this journey alone, and I'm going to be overtaken by evil spirits that are going to cause me to be narcissistic, psychotic, serial killer, what, whatever people are concerned about, it doesn't make sense to me. But I just want to encourage people to like, just remove the cultural baggage around it and like feel for themselves what they feel when they're listening to this kind of episode or when they're reading about it before, you know, online. And, and that's the first step to allowing the medicine to come to you is like, are you open to it? And if you don't feel that you're open to it, it's like, what ways are you artificially blocking opportunities of this nature from coming into your life. This could extend to, you know, a morning meditation practice or journaling or whatnot. It's like sometimes religion prescribes a single way of being and doing and a power structure in place. And I just like think that we got to move beyond dogma and be able to like think for ourselves and feel for ourselves and trust that your creator has put an intelligence within you to decipher what is of purity and goodness and what is potentially from evil and malintent and make your decision from that point. I've just been really frustrated with the way people are with no feeling of their own. They're just saying that this is wrong. And I'm like, you haven't experienced it. You don't know what this is about. You don't know the whole like cultural. It's like, also you got to recognize culture. This comes from a culture where this was used as a way to like facilitate a passage into manhood, a, a passage into death, a passage into understanding of a higher power. It's used for those things. And now it's used in churches and so forth in Peru. I mean, it's, it's starting to be used in like clinical trials for people dealing with like PTSD and depression. And two of my guests I featured are bringing like military veterans who are like suicidal into these spaces and totally transforming them in a matter of a week. So there's an incredible healing energy and power to this uh, medicine that is available to you if you just open up yourself to receiving that and just, yeah, encourage people to find ways in which they've blocked themselves from receiving healing that's available to them. There's, there's also been cases of healing terminal illnesses as well. It's not like a 100% guarantee kind of thing, but I've heard many firsthand stories at this point in time of cancers being healed and other types of terminal illnesses being healed. And then it doesn't always heal it. Sometimes it'll just prepare that person for the passing over into whatever's next, right? So this is another thing that I've heard a handful of stories about the first end from people who I trust. Yeah. And I felt, I felt called to kind of share that as well. And that, what you were speaking to also goes back to 
where's the desire coming from as well you know like most of us are on this journey we just want to grow into better versions of ourselves which is quite a pure kind of intention i think your intentions are pure you're going to be drawn to a pure space for that intention as well it really goes back to tracing back the, the the root of these of these thoughts and ideas and not everyone needs to really understand either i think it's just really about i mean there's nothing you can do about people who want to worry or question other than just live by example mm -hmm. and just that that's really it you should just lead by example you know look no further than yourself for the leader like just leave by example yeah. eventually the naysayers will stop talking <laughs> yeah like, oh well you're great <laughs> i am doing great man i'm doing really well i'm like super grateful with my life and i'm grateful for the partnership that's forming with you I'm super grateful for the partnerships in my real estate business. I, I love Tom, my operations manager behind People of Purpose. I love my wife. I, I, I mean, I got friends in tons of states and countries and that all care for me and, you know, shout me out when, you know, I put up wedding pictures. I got 600 people liking it and tons of private messages. Like I'm doing well. Like my relationships are well, my business stuff is well, my health is well, like People will see that and it's good for you to remind me of that. I really like what you taught me the other day. It was like, we are the leaders we've been searching for. I think this kind of message is a good one to end the podcast with. It's not about looking at others that you maybe esteem as like a, a leader and they may be a leader in their own right. But ultimately you are, you know, your best teacher. You are the leader. You got to like lead your life in a way that advocates for the unflowering of your potential and your purpose. If you're constantly putting other people's opinions of you above your own self-worth, that's very toxic. Just encourage people to, to look inside for how they have their own capacity to lead themselves. I mean, that doesn't mean like run over everyone else in the process, but it, it just means like look for ways that you can uplift yourself, that you can be kinder and gentler and softer to yourself. Open yourself up to new avenues in which you can be connected to people that you need to meet, that you can find your true, honest voice. And it may be shaky. It may be vulnerable at the beginning, but it's the start okay. of you going on this journey that you need to go on. I guess that's kind of how I want to end that podcast. Yeah, it's making a stumble part of the dance. Yeah, I would love to share a poem really quick before we close this thing out. Um, this is what you were speaking about. If you don't mind, I'll, I can go ahead and share it. Sure. I hope the elder speaks. You have been telling people that this is the 11th hour. Now you must go back and tell the people that this is the hour and there are things to be considered. Where are you living? What are you doing? What are your relationships? Are you in the right relation? Where is your water? Know your garden. It's time to speak your truth. Create your community. Be good to each other. Do not look outside of yourself for the leader. Then he clasped his hands together and smiled. This could be a good time. There's a river flowing now, very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel that they're being torn apart and will suffer greatly. Know the river has its destination. The elders say we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river, keep our eyes open and our heads above water. And I say, see who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally least of all ourselves for the moment that we do our spiritual growth and journey come to a halt the time of the lone wolf is over gather yourselves 
banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred manner and celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for. I love that. I first heard that when I was in the ice bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was it's like good, entering, man. I think I was like entering minute two of the ice baths and listening to this. And I was like, ah, let's stay in the ice bath. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> this was a really good way to end the episode. Yeah, man, that was, that was shared with me by another. And like, it just really like, it really resonated with me on, on many different levels. Time um, uh, vanished the word struggle from your vocabulary. Yeah, I really appreciate getting to sit down and have this reflective interview with you, Phil. It validates a lot of the insights I personally felt. And there is a certain element of ayahuasca. It can be scary to have these big insights that make you seem so, you know, it gives you a worldview that is so different than the one you were raised with in some cases. And that can be a bit scary. But then to find someone else that's having similar understandings, it's just like, okay, yeah, we're actually a little bit closer to tapping into truth than where I came from before I was here and that just feels really validating and uplifting happy there's just so much power in you know, communion of these ideas and relationship that we have that's forming so thank you so much for going on this journey with me and you were inviting me to the journey like the reason i went is because you invited me and i said yes so yeah. thank you yeah you answered the call yeah man i think the good the good works within the integration you know that's where like you can have these deep realizations but then it's like okay let me create this within my own life and let me make a lasting change within my own life that so that energy disappear and that's that's where the good work really lies is seeing what you need to actually implement it and put within your own life so yeah man thank you for sharing this journey as well and i look forward to all the things to come and i'd also want to create an, an open invitation for for your listeners um, anybody who wants to connect deeper and um, they can find me on on instagram at uh, phil loudon also, they can, I want to welcome people to, to apply for the book club as well, which is a great chance for them to be able to connect with us on a one-on-one -on -one kind of level in this book club mastermind that we're working on creating. Um, there's only a few slots available as we're trying to really scale this thing kind of slowly and make sure it's really valuable for everybody involved. So if you're interested in joining the book club as well, I think probably go to People of Purpose, Instagram or website to, to yeah. reach out to you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be forming a whole campaign around that book club here pretty soon. But we're in the first iteration right now, and it's just been super fantastic to go through this with yeah. Phil and some other guys that are you know, on, on a very important journey of their own too. Uh, I, I can't you know, underscore how important this book club has been in my personal development. It's been that and ayahuasca, I'd say, are the top personal development things that I've, I've been doing 2020. I'm happy to go on this journey with you, Phil. And yeah, thank you for putting out the call for people that you know, want to join our tribe and want to um, have some accountability, want to have some real structured way of elevating themselves into their purpose and creating a meaningful project and working with meaningful, purposeful people to, to elevate their potential. It's just so, so much value. So yeah, please join our book club. You can find out about it in the show notes. I'll probably post a link to some landing page. Um, and then on our website that we're about to launch, peopleofpurpose.rocks, we'll be having like a whole section about it there. Should be built out by the time we post this episode. Yeah, cool. And we, you know, we'll have an application as well that we can send out. That's what I really highlight. You know, this is a really, really, really good opportunity to work directly with us because I, I don't think that it's going to be as easy 
further on as we start to grow this thing a lot it's the beginning stages and we would love to anyone who's made it to this part of the podcast is still listening at this point like i would love to to get in connection and to, to invite you to to join us in this book club mastermind to help you to get to the next level as well and to learn from you i'm excited to see who who we can learn from there's so much right potential to meet really purposeful people that are finding purpose in their own way. Um, and I'm excited to learn from that and grow into a, a better version of who I can be through relationship with others. The book club is an amazing environment. Come, come. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard, and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming.